Episode 3 The Taking of Ocus Ocus versus TPG in the battle for MCOM I continue to be overawed by the number of listeners to date and how many new listeners I'm getting per day. If you haven't listened to Episodes 1 and 2, I suggest you listen to them. They are now also available on Apple Podcasts if you search for Vocus. 2013. James started building a team around him and started employing people who always were of great character. James wanted to surround himself with the best people, people who were smarter than him. He wasn't afraid to have people around him that would challenge him. James wasn't precious about information or scared of being wrong. As a board member, I and others could talk to any members of his staff and query anything he said. James never tried to hide any issues. Management and other issues were always discussed out in the open, and he was happy for other people to try and come up with solutions and help him and management solve issues. Some of the very competent executives came through acquisitions, and others he headhunted personally. One of these people who ended up working for Vocus was Chris Deere, who owned a company called Apira, which was bought by Vocus for approximately 10.8 million. This gave Vocus not only a high quality data center and five assets in Newcastle, but Chris himself, who considerably strengthened the Vocus management team. Years later, after James had left the Vocus board, Chris was unceremoniously let go when he questioned some of the very poor decisions of Vocus, but that is a story for another time. Vocus finished off the 2013 financial year with revenue of 67 million and earnings of 22.6 million. It now had 363 kilometers of fiber and paid its maiden dividend. Another great year for Vocus. 2014 proved another very strong year. Vocus raised $47.8 million in new equity. And as the financial year in came to a close, Vocus made its largest bid in its history. The proposed acquisition of FS Networks for 115 million New Zealand dollars. This was a high quality fiber optic network spanning New Zealand and came with some additional data centers. This would give Vocus another 4,200 kilometers of fiber in New Zealand. Vocus also invested in the CMIWI 2 cable, which connected Perth and Singapore. Vocus's metro fiber network, which started the year at 363 kilometers, now stood at 504 kilometers, and Vocus had 12 data centers. Revenue was now 92 million, and earnings was 33 million. 2015. What a year 2015 proved to be. Vocus went from a market cap of $400 million to an ASX 200 company with a market cap of $1.4 billion. It became one of the fastest growing companies on the ASX. Amcom Telecommunications. Against all odds, Vocus won an historic battle to acquire Amcom Communications. Amcom was also becoming a large infrastructure company on the west coast of Australia, while Vocus was growing on the east coast. Amcom was chaired by Tony Grist. Tony Grist was sophisticated and well-spoken, 
and founded Albion Capital Partners. He had co-founded MCOM, and more recently, towards the end of his time at Focus, him and James took a cornerstone investment in the Unity Group, which was listed on the ASX and subsequently taken private for $3.6 billion. Tony and James engaged in discussions to merge the businesses, but MCOM could not commit. James was firmly of the belief that Bocas could not do a deal with MCOM, as in his words, they don't know what they want. MCOM had a top-down culture, very corporate, suits, big offices and big titles. This contrasted sharply with Bocas's inclusive culture. James was perplexed. A merger with MCOM made enormous sense, but Tony did not seem ready to move forward and wanted to continue talking. This was not James's way of doing business. James came back to the board to write a rejection letter to Tony. James sent back the rejection letter, which was exactly one sentence. I can't remember the exact words, but it just was, thanks, but no thanks. Focus decided to look for other opportunities and in March 2014, John Russell, previously of the Investec private equity team, joined the Bocas team. I was delighted. Investec private equity funds were at the end, and I liked John's style, and thought he would be a valuable member of the Bocas team. John's first job was to close the FX Networks deal above. John said to Rick Correll, the Bocas CFO, that he may go to New Zealand and see FX Networks. Rick's response was, what are you waiting for? That was the Bocas way. No one would tell you what to do, and if you needed someone to tell you what to do, Bocas wasn't for you. You just got the job done. Back to MCOM. Bocas and MCOM were very complimentary. Bocas had one side of Australia and MCOM had the other. At that time, Bocas and MCOM had similar market capitalizations of around a half a billion dollars each. But Bocas didn't have a lot of spare cash, so would have to use debt. Bocas decided to get their foot on a portion of MCOM, and in a preemptive move, but didn't want to alert the market as to their intentions. So James arranged for CBA to start buying up 10 to 10% of MCOM stock by using a swap strategy. The CBA would fund this themselves, but any drop in MCOM share price would result in a margin call to Bocas, and any improvement in the MCOM price meant that CBA would have to write out a check to Bocas. John Russell did a lot of work to get more MCOM shares. I received a call from a broker who had 6% of MCOM for sale, and it just so happened that John Russell received the same call. The decision was made to buy 4.95%, which would bring Bocas's MCOM holding to just under 10%. John's haggling enabled Bocas to get the shares at a very slight premium to market. Bocas had a couple of days to lodge a substantial shareholder notice under the ASX listing rules. Tony Grist, MCOM's chairman, was aware of the share trading, and David Spence called Tony to tell him the news. Bocas wanted a merger. Tony saw a missed call from David and knew exactly what it was about. Tony Grist was impressed with James and liked him, and he realised that MCOM had to look at the East Coast if MCOM wanted to grow. On the 24th of October, MCOM announced that Vocus owned 10% of its shares and it was in exclusive negotiations to merge with Vocus. TPG, the spoiler. To quote James, suddenly Vocus, 
faced the fight of its life. UG was established in 1986 by David Teer, and around this time it was fast growing and was becoming the second largest internet service provider behind Telstra. On the 29th of April 2015, Tony Grist received a text telling him that TPG now owned 19.9% of Amcom, becoming one of Amcom's largest shareholders. It would not support the Vokas deal, nor would it itself make a takeover offer for Amcom. Now what to do? To be continued.